go. And one, two, three. Welcome to the Beef and Broccoli Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ivey. Thank you so much for listening. And today we have a very special guest for our first podcast. He works at the Sidewalk Film Festival. Very funny comedian. Mr. Noah Cannon, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well. Hey, Chris Ivey. Oh, well, thank you very much. Beginning. I appreciate it. You're crushing it already. Man. Thank you so much, Chris. <laughs> There's a lot of thank yous coming on this. Was I supposed to like introduce myself? You can say a few words about yourself. I, I feel like we're already in the editing process. Oh, so. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, we are live and direct here at a very special place for us, Buck Mulligan's mm. Public House in Five Points. Yes. I was eating some very good French toast when you walked in. Yes, the public house. The public house. Yes, where we gather. Where we gather in, in the back room. Far <laughs> from the public. In front of tens of people <laughs> to tell our jokes. Oh, yes. In front of at least one fan. Yes. So, Noah, tell me a little bit about what you do for Sidewalk Film Festival. My, I have two, two titles. I carry two sort of part-time gigs that I've fashion into to work. Um, Way to go. I think I, I try. Um, I'm, I'm a cracker of sorts. I asked him, I go, how does Noah make money? Oh, it's a very fair question. I hot glued together two different <laughs> two different roles. I'm the marketing coordinator, and I, um, mostly that's just social media and newsletter marketing and that sort of nonsense, and then also the education outreach coordinator, so I plan the year-round um, programs we do, screenings and panels and workshops and that sort of thing. You love what you do, don't you? Yes, it is a very like silly reason to be paid to do something. It's so much fun. It's been like a cool thing you're doing. You know, many many people volunteer for sidewalks. So it's very lucky. And the reason I've got you on is to talk about movies, one of my favorite topics, and I love your point of view on them. Very knowledgeable. Very exasperated. Um, you, you are very exasperated. <laughs> like primary you work for a film festival. Uh, so how did you kind of get it? And we're going to have you on periodically throughout the podcast, maybe once a month, once every two months, or any time any big movie things happen, we'll have you come talk about it. Okay. We're going to talk about Get Out every single time I come back, <laughs> no matter what. Do you like it? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I feel bad. I, what? Chris Ivey? I feel like it means I'm not a progressive. I feel like since I haven't seen Get Out yet, I've, I've voted for Trump. No, but the thing is, did you see that it had it made like $21 million in its third weekend? And it's so it's like, I feel like it's going to be around for like, you, you can take your time seeing Get Out. It's yeah, hit, I mean, hit the, hit the word it. of mouth like phenomenon. Phase. I'll see it. I'm excited. <laughs> I really like, um, I heard Lil Rel saves the day in it, and I really like Lil Rel. Oh, he's so good. Is he? Great. Yes. Um, I just kind of want to get an idea of what got you into doing, to enjoying movies and film. Do you have a specific movie that kind of was like, this is, I got to find out more. Oh, I do have an answer for this. And the only time I've ever talked about it was in a, in a interview for a job at UA where I didn't get the job. So I feel weird talking about it. I think it's cursed. Guys, but... this is the last time Noah will be doing the <laughs> podcast. He is going to be officially fired after this. No, I, with it. I, I went to go see Children of Men. When I was 13, 12 or 13, and that was the movie that I was like, oh, movies can be like cool in a in a, in a different way. Who's your favorite character in Children of Men? Oh, that's a good question. I love Michael Caine in that movie. A whole so lot. do I. He's definitely my favorite. Um, I love this shot when he spoiler alert, sorry, when he um, <laughs> dies. Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. 
Yes. And the music is great. Yes, great. All the it's all like the the found music and sort of the um, oh I'm gonna use the wrong form of the word the um, diegetic or not diegetic. Why didn't you get the job? Children of Men's not a bad one. <laughs> I didn't know the difference between diegesis and that's why I didn't get the job. Um, no, I don't know. I guess I just like didn't, didn't inspire the people interviewing me. But Children of Men is a great movie, and it I is. only saw it because the trailer, which I think is still a brave move, the trailer name drops it goes like from the director of Ichimama Tambien and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which I think is like an interesting thing to drop in a trailer. Well, especially <laughs> because Ichimama Tambien and Harry Potter are so different. Yeah, yeah. Ichimama, that's like Diego I, Luna, huh? Oh my gosh, he is maybe handsome? I can't tell. He's maybe Don't handsome. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Bullshit. If he walked in here right now, he'd be like, uh, Oh, he's uh, definitely hey, more hey, handsome hey. than me, but... <laughs> <laughs> you would be so excited to, if he walked through this public house door right now. That's true. All these standards. You know, Tom Hiddleston can be a leading man, and Jesus Christ, like... Ooh, I love it. What are the rules <laughs> anymore? <laughs> so, as part of... Your job was sidewalk. Yeah. You did something I have always wanted to do, which is go to the Sundance Film Festival. Yes. What was that like? Yes. Well, I, 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 I sort of, I, I went on my own dime, I should say, but I was sort of, I was representing sidewalk. In, right. In, mm-hmm. in that I work for a film festival, that a film festival, and it was cool. I didn't do too much, um sort of networking outside of just kind of like hobnobbing as I was going throughout the, the, the space, but there was a lot of good conversations, a lot of people very excited to be there, like a very good, like, buzz in the air, and people just, like... Is it overwhelming? <laughs> what? Is it overwhelming? Oh, it definitely was the first day. I assumed it would be a much smaller um, geographical area than it is, kind of sprawling and take a 30-minute bus to get to some of the venues. It's not really. Yeah, I assumed it was, like, a tiny ski town you could walk everywhere, but it's also exhausting to walk. In that altitude and in the snow, and we arrived in a blizzard, and mm-hmm. I had never seen snow like that. Did you get into any cool movies, after parties, anything that stuck out? Oh, um, well, I went, because I bought my ticket through through an organization that um, Sidewalk was a member of, I had a pass that got me and a friend into the, um, oh, I forgot the name, the World Filmmaker Awards, I think, which was to just give sort of, like, preemptive awards to... Um, was Robert Redford there? No, it was, there was no one I... <laughs> recognized it, but past winners were like the, the two that did that movie, The Hunt, with Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. And um, a couple other noble people. So it was like cool people had won it in the past, but we would have just saw these um, these foreign people accept awards for movies they haven't made yet, and they maybe might be notable in the future. And mm-hmm. that's, so I maybe had a brush with the future D list foreign celebrity. Yeah. But that's it. Okay. That's it. Um, I feel like you're selling oh, it short. No, I see what you're leading to. Yes. No, I mean, I feel like that's an important thing. So you <laughs> got, you had never seen Reservoir Dogs. But yes. It was the 20th anniversary of Reservoir, of Reservoir Dogs. So Sundance, which is a film that was made through the Sundance um, Director's Lab, I suppose. Yeah. What it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're doing a big 20th anniversary retrospective. and the Every one of those movies has a car crash in I just have to say that. Okay. Which, which movies? The, the ones of the Sundance Lab. Do you think so? They all <laughs> if we went through the list, you'd be like, car crash scene, car crash scene, car crash scene. What was happening in the 80s and 90s with car crash scenes? I don't know. We're what getting off. Beyond, beyond just this. We're getting yeah. off. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just making my own observation. Miles Teller's always getting into car crashes. He loves getting into car Whiplash, um, lead for this, real life. <laughs> she got in the car crash in real life. 
<laughs> we see what? Well, I was about to say like, something about Emil Hirsch, and it makes me so sad. Wait, what happened to Emil Hirsch? Oh, sorry, not Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Oh, okay. Don't, don't do that. Speed Racer is very important. Speed Racer is good. Reservoir Dogs was great. I had never seen it before. Um, and I was very excited to see what it. What a cool way to see it in a movie theater. Yes. Yes. And by sort of um, stroke of luck, I'm sort of just like random random chance, we were happened to be in the road directly in of three acquaintances, a friend and acquaintance, um, right behind Quentin Tarantino. I was sort of like blocked. You watched Reservoir Dogs... Right behind Quentin Tarantino. Two feet behind him. I was just like only thinking about his hair. Was it? What? <laughs> Who was he with? He was with, um, I guess, a, I guess a girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know his personal situation. A lady. A lady. What type of lady? Oh, I don't know. She was rather short. A short little lady. Okay. All right. You're laughing. I feel she like was quiet. She, she clapped. And... So did was it kind of one of those things? It's got to be weird, like. I heard that Kanye West like just listens to his own music at his house and enjoys it. Yeah. Was Tarantino like laughing and and kind of? I mean, I don't want to be too like I don't know. I I don't like go towards him. <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're Come here up, for. <laughs> no, I don't know. He 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 certainly. I thought like he seemed to enjoy watching his work in a way that I was like, you have to be a little bit like unlike most people. Is how I'll put it, right? Because this, this has to be very like irrational to so like have this amount of. Like, so he was really enjoying himself. Yeah, he was cracking up at it. He was cracking up at Harvey Keitel in particular, like stuff that no one was laughing at. Quentin Tarantino was just to <laughs> himself about, which was strange. And um, then he went up and gave a Q and A afterwards. Yeah, it was a really good Q and A. He's very good at like talking about himself, which again is like probably maybe a little like you know indicative of like strangeness. That's why when that um, script for The Hateful Eight got uh, released early, yeah, and he was like, I'm not going to make this movie. I was like, bullshit, you're going to make this movie? He's a, yeah. You are going to so make this movie because you probably don't write a lot because you're thinking about yourself all the time. And I love Quentin Tarantino. The movie that got me going as far as loving movies was Pulp Fiction that kind of changed my mind about, like, oh, characters can talk like this, and it doesn't have to be in this order. And... Yeah. Everything's sort of different now, and I'm going to show all my friends this, and we're going to watch it. Um, the the pacing of all his just like devoting so much time to like one conversation, which was a very basic observation. But I remember seeing Glorious Bastards, and that was the first Tarantino movie I saw. That the, was the first one. Mm-hmm, just because I was in high school, it came out in the um, the 40 minute. Um, I think it's 40 minutes. The whole sequence in the, the Michael Fassbender sequence in the basement. Michael Fassbender. Right? It's just like 40 minutes in the middle of the movie, and you know the characters all die at the end. Yeah, Michael so Fassbender good. is my favorite actor working. Oh man, what a what a what a beautiful person! <laughs> you didn't even say pretty good, good actor. actor. Yeah, a pretty good actor on top. In Do you the see, right role with the right director, pretty good. In the right role with the right director, how dare you? Frank was awesome. Fish Tank is so good. I haven't seen Frank yet. I need to. You haven't seen Frank? Have you seen Trespass Against Us with Brittany Gleason? Oh my gosh, no. I know, right? You hear those two top lining and you're like, got heavyweights. Yeah, Irish, do you want to Irish this, men. Do you want to pause this podcast and yes. we go watch it? It's it's good. It's good. It's very it's Jimmy very Jordan for breakfast, those two. Yeah. I tell ya. <laughs> uh, so Tarantino, the Q and A, did he give any well, first off, did you like Reservoir Dogs? Oh yeah, and I liked it particularly because it was ninety minutes long. And yeah. I know that his other films are all you know, flirting with three hours at least. 
bloated um, like an alcoholic <clears throat> on a bender. Oh my gosh. But a very like alcoholic you want to talk to for a few hours. Yes, the, what, the ones I like are like so quick so I don't even care. But yeah, but it was it was, it was What's your favorite scene? From West Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Um, well, I guessed when Mr. Blonde um, got shot after the, or I guess during during the dance. I don't know. I'm the worst yeah. person. I should do this, like, iconic film. No, you shouldn't. But I didn't, so we, like, the whole row just, like, lost it at that moment, um, which was good. I don't know. I just like the whole, the, like, all the... I whole, bet the crowd was, like, cheering and, like, it was, like, a... Sports oh, event. Yes, a lot of, lot of, lot of, lot of good reactions. They did like everyone raise their hand if you haven't seen this movie before at the beginning, which is kind of cute and it's significant. I was not alone in having that. Really? Before. Yeah. That's cool. Young, I thought young you might... people. <laughs> the movie's older than I am. <laughs> Students at the film festival. <laughs> Truly, though, so many young people. Had it seen Reservoir Dogs? Little like rats running around. Yeah. Uh, what was the Q and A like? Did he? Give. Was it just him talking about himself? It was him and the producer Lawrence Bender, I think, and the gentleman who the guy's name, the guy that plays um, Mr. Mr. Wands. Mm-hmm. Oh, actor. He's a thing. He's I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you try to figure this out. This should be a significant portion of this <laughs> podcast. What did um, Lawrence Bender say? Oh, what did he say? They talked about um, like getting the cast together because it is remarkable. Like the actors that signed on for this and apparently started with Harvey Keitel. It did like, start with Harvey Keitel seeing something in the script and just being like like vouching for Quentin Tarantino because like I you know you can only imagine what a what a what a because he he said he'd never shot anything prior to this. He didn't have like short films he made on like a super eight camera like like Spielberg or whatever. This is the, the script is so thing. good. Yeah. The script is so It's good. entirely on the strength of the writing that they, like, made this movie. And, I guess, a well-executed festival program by... <laughs> yeah. What did Michael Madsen have to say? Oh, I don't know. He talked really slowly, that's all. Yeah? Um, yeah. Tarantino did most of it. Yes, he was, I suppose, the... And then there were audience questions, and there were no dumb audience questions. So really what, do you remember a good question? Yeah, someone asked specifically about um, the scene where Tim Roth is reciting his um, his undercover monologue, and it goes from him like reciting it to his coach, and then to saying it to the rest of the gang, and then to him like actually being in the stall with the police officers and the dogs. Do you know talking about the bathroom yes, monologue? Yes, I do. So, so good. What was the question? Oh, just like why did you do this? Like why did you film this in this way and sort of like switch perspectives and then like it, en- it ends with him. Well, he said that they were. Um, oh, what did you say? That they were um, doing just a test shot with the the three sixty shot where it's just going while he's reciting the monologue at the police officers. And originally, he was just doing that so they could match up the audio with the voiceover. Mm-hmm. But then the shot looked so good, they made a decision on the set to be like, oh, well, let's just do it like this. Like you're actually just saying it. It's cool how much stuff is decided for the movie. I suppose so. I think that I assume that all those movies are sort of done like the, the I guess the Hitchcock method of like hyper storyboarding everything and being very corporate about it. But right, but then not. but then you get there and you're like, oh wait up, this is something completely different. Yeah, stressful. You find a different movie. Risky. Ugh. So had a good time at Sundance, right? Yes. Are you going to be going to any other film festivals this year? I don't know. I want to try to go to um, Atlanta Film Festival is coming up um, cool. later this month, and then also Nashville is next month. Have you ever wanted to go to TIFF? Oh, sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's so expensive. It's such like a weird, a weird like um, industry film festival, right? Like it's such a studio thing, such like a red carpety thing. Um, 
That would be great. I have, uh, my friend got to go see um, Moonlight at the tip premiere really? um, last year with like the cast and director Q and A. Shout out to Beth Lindley in Syracuse, New York, for getting to do cool things. <laughs> She's not listening to this. She will be. She you know, will. You know be. what, Beth? Support your partner. You're opening. You're opening the podcast, and next we have a very big comedian that I'll announce it to you. But oh yeah, gosh. yeah, you're the first guest. <laughs> so, kind of moving on. Yes. Who are your favorite directors and why? <clears throat> oh boy! You just took a big That's vocal forget. thing. I've got to cut that out. Why did you forget it? You even spoke. You're right. I've never, never smoked in my life. Okay, favorite director. Favorite directors. Oh goodness! I really like. I can't say his name, but the French dude. Um, I really did not prepare for this. Olivier. Olivier. Uh, he did um he did um Clouds of Sils Maria and his he did the movie oh. Personal Shopper that's coming out and he also um did a movie called Summer Hours from a few years ago that I think was just really really beautiful um okay you know, I like him a lot I think Clouds of Sils Maria like a perfect movie Julia Pinoche and Kristen Stewart are both really really good in it Chloe Moretz is in it. it's very tough for me to. Why? I just can't stay a person's story. I'm so intrigued by this. I'm so intrigued by this in straight line. No, I mean, I think it's the <laughs> Twilight thing. I didn't like Twilight, and it just started off. Like, I don't like Robert Pattinson either. Oh, that's fair. Equal equal opportunity. I saw Twilight. Camp X-Ray. <laughs> it was okay. Oh, I did not I did not see Camp X-Ray. You did it? I don't like it that much. Okay, um, other, other, we'll talk about Kristen Stewart and Birdman, and you can make your case. Maybe I just haven't given her the time. Honestly, Birdman with Kristen Stewart in Emma Stone role is a much better movie. But um, I, I would agree. I like Kristen Stewart more than Emma Stone. Let's, let's rank all the women. That's, no, the, that's okay. the most feminine. That's what's going to get more women hired. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awful. Let's rank them. Kristen Stewart should have been in the Michael Keaton role. Let's be progressive. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so other directors you want. One the unexpected virtue yeah. of ignorance. Uh, favorite directors. I mean, definitely, I mean, I don't know. I have very, like, generic answers for this, but I like Alfonso Cuaron a lot. He just has sentimental value, I think. I know he makes movies, like, once every five years, and he also did that terrible NBC show, but it's fine. Okay. Prisoner of Azkaban holds a lot of... Okay. Warmth. Anybody else? Oh, no. Um... Mm. I don't know, I'm trying to think. Catherine Bigelow is a big one. Yes. I think she's great. I think she's like low-key a propagandist for me. Aren't we all I don't girl? think she's Aren't we all girl? Well I think she takes I think she takes stories and especially for like <laughs> Zero Dark Thirty when she got a lot of flash yeah, she, for she like takes torture. Yeah, she takes stories though. Yeah, but that's still the story. I think she did a good job with the if people are like, well, you know, the movie had torture and it made it seem like torture was okay. Torture was part of it. Like it's not not advocating for it, just by portraying it. No, it's not advocating for it by portraying it because it happened. We can't yeah. change the story to fit our own agenda. That's propaganda. I saw Zero Dark Thirty in a in the, the Cossack Scene Theater in Tuscaloosa, and like a sold out um, matinee audience with families who brought their children to see the like we That's shot we got Osama movie, and people were like taking the very it was a very American sniper reception to this movie. That I was like, oh wow, what a cynical, cold view of American foreign policy. People were just like. We got him. <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like that movie is great on a lot of levels, and I don't feel like it pushes any sort of agenda. But yeah. what happened happened. Docu, docu, documentary. If, I feel like if you start changing things to fit a narrative, that's propaganda. You hear that, Oliver Stone? 
You hear that? Yeah, you hear that. W, w doesn't like cats. Okay, other w movies? W doesn't like the movie Cats, Oliver Stone. I bet W does like cats. He paints. I, don't, I want to see the receipts. Okay. Well, any any other favorite directors? I'm trying to let the listeners get to know you. Okay, well, I will say I really do love um, Luca Guadagnino, who is the gentleman who directed A Bigger Splash last year with Tilda Swinton and Ray Fiennes and um, Dakota Johnson. I did not get to see that. Super good. I'll watch it when I get streaming home. somewhere. Um, really, really good. Um, then did a movie before that called I Am Love with Tilda Swinton where she learned both Italian and Russian to do the movie because she's um, just insufferable. Um, but yeah, and then he did this movie called um, Call Me By Your Name that I got to see at Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> That's really, really good. I saw it twice and it's coming out in November. Is that the Army Hammer movie? That's the Army Hammer movie. That's the Gay Army Hammer movie. Gay Army Hammer movie. You can't even get it out. Come on. It's I'm I'm like for comfort. I really want to see it. I've heard like, it's so good. I yeah no I don't know I cried a lot. It's fine. Yeah. Was yeah. it was it who directed it? Um, Luca Guadagnino, this gentleman. Okay. This Italian. Oh okay. Um, yes, and he does these very sort of like summery breezy movies that are I don't know a lot of like sort of tactileness to everything. Really great sound design. A lot of like I don't know. Felt very like an empathetic movie in a lot of ways. That's also sort of like just a good gay movie. So rare. I sometimes am like, is this what straight people feel like watching movies? Right. Like when I saw Carol, I was like, this is how straight people feel all the time. Mm-hmm. Isn't how straight people feel watching like a jewelry commercial? That's <laughs> how <laughs> no, I felt watching Carol. Carol or or a jewelry commercial <laughs> like, for straight marriage, people. Marriage is just completely categorically not something I can aspire to, but like. A middle-aged Cape Blanchett sweeping me off my feet and buying me a nice camera is like very much attainable. I think. That's sad. Bums me that's out. That's the top of my my fear. That's why you're on here. That's why you're. That's what to we're make you feel about. good about yourself. That did not make me feel good about myself <laughs> at all. If you only knew, Noah. Oh, okay. Dear. So what we're talking about sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll talk about that some more. Some of my favorite directors. Yes. So you know. Okay, um, I, some of these stuff, so I actually kind of like, I like, uh, Jonathan Levine, who directed The Wackness. Okay, yeah. Um, what he else also did 50-50, he All did right. Warm Bodies, which as far as, I've like, a young adult movie that are typically right. awful, didn't really cool, it's a good movie. Boy, Nicholas Holt. Um, who directed Beginners? News. Oh, Mike Mills. Yes, oh, and Mike he Mills d- directed Huge. Beginners is one of my... Yeah, Beginners is one of my favorite movies ever. I can watch it nonstop. I've only seen it once. I, always, I saw it at the edge. I was so depressed by it, but I think I need to revisit it. I you should. It's a beautiful movie. I think I think what's beautiful about it... I thought it was great. ...is it's you can always be yourself regardless of how much time you have left. Yeah. And Christopher Plummer, just what an incredible performance. And Ewan McGregor doing little, um, like, tweets. The char- yeah, yeah. They, it's really great. He was, like, um, manic pixie, dream human. I like Quentin Tarantino a lot. Sure. Um, um, Pablo Sorrento is... Yes, Pablo Sorrentino. Yes, sorry, I said his name wrong. The Young Pope. But the you Great Beauty. Young Pope fan? No, I'm the Great Beauty, but I love the Young Pope. Oh, my gosh. Huge fan. But The Great Beauty is one of There's my favorite movies. There's a new movies. Pope now. Yeah. It, it's really good. I'd highly recommend I'd everybody watch it. watch it. And watch it in its entirety. It's too. apparently like House of Cards, right? No. Oh. 
Very different. Okay, that's, it's been described to me as very sort of like soapy and political in that way. It is a little bit soapy and political, but it's so much more different than I thought it would be. I walked in thinking it'd be like, it's going to be this young pope and he's going to piss everybody off with his progressive ideas, and it's not like that at all. I really Plus, you get a really great Diane Keaton performance. Oh my gosh. You my get. God. Yeah, she is so underused. Where did she go? She is great. She she's a she's a her name's Sister Mary and she's a nun. And every time she goes to bed, she wears this shirt that says "I'm a virgin," but this is an old shirt, which is a very cool shirt. I think it's very funny because um, oh, she's man. a nun too. She's not a regular nun either. She's Young great. Pope, cool nun. Yeah, but the Pope is not cool. Um, he, I think he's I don't want to mean right. He's no, he's very dogmatic and very conservative. Oh. I don't want to give too much away, but it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see this young person come in and have these very old ideas. Interesting. And so the ideas are so old that even the older people are like, hey man, you need to tone it down. <laughs> the um, great beauty is great. The great beauty is awesome. I love is it. Fun. I love it. Quentin Tarantino, obviously, he's he's one of the tops. I like PT Anderson. I'm I'm a little lazy with my directors picking Alfonso Cuaron, yes, all day, every day. All day. Yes. I even like Gravity still, even though people I turn so people turned people turned on Gravity really fast. People, like La La Land. People are just eager to tear down Sandra Bullock all the time. <laughs> I'm not a big Sandra Bullock fan, but that's neither here nor there. But can you imagine Angelina Jolie in that movie? Because she was the one that was originally cast, right? And then they cast, oh. like, 14 other actresses in the cast. Angelina Jolie is the most... Uh, well, I don't want to... Well, that talking movie, about sex that movie, that I don't well the dialogue in that movie is essentially just, like, video game dialogue, right? Like, the banter between George Clooney and Sandra Bullock. Like, it's fine. It's just very, That's like, not what that's about. Oh, not at all. But, like, so that role... Like, and when it's really cold to, and she wants to die... Yeah. That's great. You have to, like, actually care about the person in that role, though. That's why I think Sandra Bullock's so good in that role. You, like, actually want her to get... Like, this situation is entirely false and CGI. But, like, I wouldn't have cared if Angela Jolie died. Chris Ivy. The stakes in that movie would have been completely, like, just no. How about, how about the turn on Brad Pitt winning this whole it. thing? What now? Brad Pitt just winning the divorce... Oh, Brad Pitt is, like, I think a fantastic person. I'm very pro-Brad Pitt. Yeah. Did you see the standing ovation he got at the, what is it, the Golden Gloves? Golden Gloves, yeah. yeah. You call them the Golden Gloves. What? Which maybe they should be called. Oh, Gloves. The, the gloves are off. Yeah, something like that. Um, he got a standing It was like everybody was like, we know he looks what happened and we're sorry. Oh, she's out. I think she's done. I think she was never in. I think she was in really association. Yeah. Um, She's not going to get any more money to make vanity projects like By the Sea. I kind of like By the that, Sea. Did you like By the that's Sea? That's why women directors need any traction because there's, there's like Angelina Jolie making By the Sea so bad like though. Unbroken. <laughs> you don't like Unbroken? Oh no. I like By the Sea. Really? I yeah. Know. I accidentally rented it on Redbox. You're big um, Melanie Laurent. I not a big, but yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, I like her a lot. She's I think she's, she's um, she was great. In now you see me. Yes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I was just about to agree with you on that with hunk of garbage. I watched Now You See Me too the other day when I was hungover over at the house. Please call it its full name. Now you see me the second act. <laughs> it's awful. That's like they coerced Daniel Radcliffe into this and Young Frankenstein or whatever Frankenstein 3D. What was it called? So Dan, how does it feel to be doing magic again? That's what that movie should have been called. 
We have got we have meandered. Um, I, I'm excited. So as far as this coming year, what excites you? What movies are excited? Um, definitely Call Me By Your Name. I'm glad they're putting it out in November because it seems like a summertime movie, but this means that maybe we'll try and get it nominated for awards, which could be cute. I would support... They're not doing the Captain Fantastic where they release it way, way too Well, that early. worked out for Captain Fantastic, didn't it? What did it win? I mean, Vigo was nominated. I thought that was a success for that teeny tiny movie. He should have been nominated. That, oh, that so? should have been nominated for cinematography as well. Oh, you're probably right. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just why, why do I have you on this thing? I what are you? I just like know enough to, to, to get by in conversation. If we're gonna have an email, I want everybody to email Noah movies that he needs to watch because this is a defense. I saw Reservoir Dogs. What do you want from me? <laughs> what movie? So we're talking about this year. Oh gosh, um, not fucking Beauty and the Beast. I'll tell you that. Why not? Um, oh, that just looks awful, doesn't it? Doesn't it just look terrible? It does. It doesn't look better than the cartoon. It's that thing of, like, those sort of, like, big, grandiose CGI visuals always look better on a big screen than a small screen, and I know that, but it just looks so terrible. It looks cheesy. And she sounds very much like her voice is, you know, doctored in such a way that it sounds like she has a very slight voice, and they made it sound a little louder, and she sounds like a Vocaloid. She sounds like a Japanese, like, Vocaloid pop star. She sounds like Hatsune Miku. (laughs) And so, like, I just can't get over this is going to be, like, Hatsune Miku stars in... Beauty and the Beast. Why do we have to take Emma Watson seriously? Why are we humoring this? I asked somebody that question the other day, and they looked at me like I was one of the worst people, people, people on the planet. No, I got uh, yes. I she's I a great. She's a great advocate. Is she hiding Ooh. books everywhere? Hiding books. That's how I'm gonna raise up the voices of women by hiding them. Ooh, obfuscating the work, of, the work of. The Next time I have you on, we need to have a woman's. So it doesn't sound like we're done. I feel like a lot of this has been not looking good. No, no, no. Emma, I don't know. Emma Watson is a very, like, corporate white feminism. And she, like, you know, I didn't think it was cool that she did Beyonce last year. And now she's, you know, talking about how feminism is a stick to beat other women down with because she wants to. At least she's not as bad as Lena Dunham talking about things. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I feel like Lena Dunham's taking more of a risk because she's, like, producing her own work at least and kind of, like, writing. I don't know that Emma Watson. I think she's Emma Watson's like literally a model. I don't know. I think her. I think her work. I think Lena Dunham's work is really good, but I hate hearing her speak. Emma Watson hit all that money in an offshore account. You know what I mean? Like she, remember the ruling class. I don't think we need to be like elevating her to any sort of like civil rights hero position. Okay, so there's Beauty and the Beast off the list. What else is exciting? What other women do I want to tear down? I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see. Any year that there's a P.T. Anderson movie, I'm really excited. Oh, and this one seems interesting, too. It seems a lot more interesting than in here. And it's a DDL performance. Sir Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't like Daniel Day-Lewis. All right. But there will be blood. Good for you. Come on, tell me. It's not unpopular. Come on. Tell me five Daniel Day-Lewis movies that you could just watch right now. That I want to sit down and watch? I don't know. But I respect him for his craft. I love the movie I would like that. If I wanted to watch it, that's probably what I'd watch. Ugh. I like American okay. Lightness of Being a lot. I like my beautiful laundrette. I love my beautiful laundrette. There's a movie I would sit down and watch right now. That is a good one. Um, I would probably watch In the Name of the Father because I love Emma Thompson a lot. Emma Thompson is great. Emma Thompson is the only person to win Oscars for both writing and acting. Really? Yes. Did not know that. How about that? That's great. Yes. For her first screenplay, Sense and Sensibility. Admittedly, lifting a lot of dialogue directly from the book, but you know, what do you want from her? Okay, what other movies? 
that are coming out this year? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Any buzz at Sundance for new movies? I'm trying to think. There's a, um, hmm, hmm. I think it's just getting acquired by, like, Amazon and Netflix. I'm trying to think of, like, big, big, big actual players that are going to be in the theater. In the theater, it's um, there's a the dude Taylor Sheridan who wrote um, Sicario and um, yes um, I've heard about Color High Water. He, his directorial debut, his third screenplay, was called Wind River, and it was at Sundance, and I saw it, and it was very bad. But I think that's probably going to be was it almost like um, was it like what's it called? What was that movie mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz where she has sex with the car in front of Benicio del Toro? Oh, Savages. No, that wasn't Savages. No, no, no. Savages is the is the Oliver Stone no, one. Yeah, that's Oliver Stone, but um, that's Blake Lively. Oh, what's the the one with Michael yeah, Fassbender? Yeah, it's, it's the Cormac McCarthy one, the Ridley Scott one, The Counselor. That was awful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cormac McCarthy wrote that screenplay. Yeah, it was so bad. How did such talent produce such a bad movie? Penelope Cruz. Come on. That it's movie was so stacked. I remember I was so excited to see <laughs> it, and I was with my buddy in Dallas, Daddy and Brad. I bought the movie. Right? Yeah, Brad's in it. I bought the movie because I was like, I just know it's going to be good. I'm just going to buy it. And we watched it, and we were both like, this is garbage. This movie, it does, they have no idea what's going on. I'm just realizing that Savages is like great value. The Counselor. I feel like the Counselor is great great value. value. To me, Savages is awful. But I do like, uh, I like John, what's his name? From Friday Night Lights, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. What? From Savages. Oh. Oh. Is Taylor Kitchen that movie? Yes, he is. Oh, I don't remember things. Uh, Taylor, Taylor Kitchen Kitch. and Aaron Taylor Johnson, right? Yep. Oh, boy. I like Taylor Kitchen. I feel like... I was talking with somebody about this last night. I feel like it's not his fault. It's not his fault. No, you're right. He did everything right. He, he made all the right moves. He should have. He didn't make all the right moves. Well, he couldn't have and, foreseen John Carter and Battleship. No, he was sold a bill of goods. And um, X Men Origins Wolverine. I thought like he wasn't that bad, enough, but people needed to chill out. Well, he was playing opposite Will I Am, you know, so he had limited options. Um, and he was also in True Detective season two and was given a stinker oh, of a part. I like. His so much though, even though it's like about anything on the show. That's such a good episode. That's the only like that's the only time I've ever liked Rachel McAdams in anything. Huh. That I do not. She's so good at Mean Girls. Okay. No, not a not a, not a fan. Mean Girls is okay. I don't. I mean, here I don't under like nope. Mean Girls is good. Yeah. But I mean, I don't get people people like lose it over. It. I can't I believe you're not a time traveler's whitehead. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah. You have not. You have not seen Captain Fantastic, but time travel. TTW. Yeah, absolutely. Eric Bana's naked every time he hangs up. He shows up in the nude just for the ladies. Saw <laughs> that at a matinee with some moms. You did. Yeah, I went to the stadium probably. I love matinees. Best time to see me. Oh, that super bargain. Yeah, super bargain on a Tuesday. Get you some two dollar popcorn. <laughs> you you tear up a Stimulus man. Tuesday. How often do you go Stimulus? to movies? Oh, like maybe three or four times a week. But never Captain Fantastic. <laughs> There's so many movies you haven't seen. I'm like, what the fuck have you seen at the movie theater? The same movie over and over. Usually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite theater in Birmingham? Oh, Pack Creek. Pack Creek with the, um, with the Limax. Patton Creek, huh? Yeah. I like that there's a sushi place here. 
Yeah, the rock and roll sushi, absolutely. Yes, and, and there's also bankers. yeah, and yeah. there's a mouse. How did you flip? There's a um, discount shoe warehouse. Ooh. You can go get a, DSW. Get a pair of kicks at the DSW and then. You like DSW? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. Um. Oh, I want everybody to know. I haven't seen fantastic, but if you think I shop at DSW. No, yeah. GTFO. Oh, yeah. This is, are we keeping this clean here? I mean, I've said the F word once, oh. and I think I said shit at one point. F word. Sorry. Um, but there's also there's a Limax of Patent Peak. There's also a Big D experience down in the branch. So at some point I'm gonna have to go down and get the Big D experience. You about the Big D experience? No. This is Carmike's own sort of in-house large format theater. Yeah. So so yeah, it's called the Big D experience. They have that like a really huge D, and you have to like go through the doors with the Big D. Mm-hmm. To get the Big D experience. That's what I gotta do. Well, Noah Cannon, this has been a pleasure. Let's end on that, please. Thank you. No. <laughs> Any, anything else we're missing about movies? Um, big D experience. No, that's everything. That's all I wanted to talk about today. Birdman and poor filmmaking. We'll, we'll get you back on to talk about Birdman. <laughs> Birdman's not poor um, filmmaking. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be on the first. Yeah. Where can we catch you doing stand up? And oh. also, you run. Are you part of the Democratic Socialists? I'm I'm on the organizing committee for the Democratic awesome. Socialists of America. Where can we Canada. find you around the city, sir? Um, <clears throat> oh boy, I'm going to be at um theme show at Roho yes. on Sunday the nineteenth. Money. <laughs> and then I'm also going to be on Bread Meat Bread right here at Buck Mulligan's. When's Bread Meat Bread? It's coming back. You have to you have to ask Mr. Mr. Toe, but I think it's on the, the Thursday Thursday next. Not. I wish I knew dates. I wish I came prepared to promote myself on this Oops, opportunity. When's the next Democratic Socialist event? Oh, yet, yet to be determined, but you can find us at bhamdsa.org and also on Facebook and Twitter under the same handle. And you can sign up for updates, and we are planning on having at least monthly meetings and sort of rotating locations. And we also have some sort of small groups working on different um, specific issues, homelessness, um, proposing police violence, and that sort of thing. Um, that sort of thing. That's, That's the level of, of specificity you want from your from your political resistance. <laughs> Let's not get too too heady about fighting fighting oppression. <laughs> and what about any sidewalk <laughs> events coming up? Um, yes, um, I'm such a bulletin board. It's horrible. Um, Tuesday the 21st at Al's on Seventh, we are showing the documentary Strike a Pose. Yes. It's a new documentary that was at Hot Docs last year, and also I think Tell You Right in Toronto. And um, is about the backup dancers, um, seven gay men from Madonna's Blonde Ambition World Tour, the one that um, the In Bed with Madonna documentary is um, famously from the 90s. Yeah. And these guys became sort of celebrities in the gay community and all over the world on this tour. And then they were also um, the hype of AIDS crisis, so they were dealing with HIV positivity and that experience. And so this documentary um, is about them over the last 20 years. And we're going to have performers in the community doing... Um, dances before, and then a panel of HIV actors in the area afterward. And you get Sounds to see great. a cool movie. I, I think I'm going to come. So come to Strike the Tuesday the 21st. Tickets cool. are on sale at SidewalkFest.com. SidewalkFest.com. Thank you so much, Noah. Um, you can catch me around town again. My name is Chris. Thank you for enjoying and just taking in the first episode of Beef and Broccoli. Mr. Cannon, we will have you back soon enough to talk about Birdman and other things that that are movie related. Other pregnant things. Yeah. Also, we'll talk some comedy too. Thank you guys for listening. 
Um, next episode we're going to have is going to be Mr. Mike Kaplan, who's going to be performing April the 28th at Saturn Big Show. Just was on James Corden last week. We're excited to have him on the podcast. Yeah, it was, he, his new album's incredible. You should listen. Also, um, please find us at BirminghamComedyFestival.com. That's coming up. We're very excited about it. Learn more and hey, have a great I had week. Some monkeys on my back, here. demons on my shoulder. Was in the fast lane, now I'm pulling over. If really is what you want, then listen to mine. Cough. If really is what you want, then listen to mine. Cough.